Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. All right, so I am really excited to talk about Monday's interview with the teachers from the Paramount Schools Network. Joining me back in the studio to listen to and discuss this interview are, once again, my friends and fellow leaders, Cody Coleman and Molly Bowser. Now, the reason I am so excited to talk about this interview is because this is the first time that we've really gotten the followers' perspective of leaders that we have already interviewed. And so today, this is going to not only be talking about how the teachers reflected the values and the expectations of the leadership team from the Paramount Schools Network, but also kind of looking at our own leadership and thinking about what we do and saying, how are our followers looking at us? So if you are a leader listening to this podcast, this is going to be kind of a a, a soul-searching reflection episode on what are your followers thinking and saying about your leadership. So, with all that being said, what did you two think about the interview from Monday with the teachers from the Paramount Schools Network? I thought it was really cool to hear the teachers talk almost exactly about what the admin talked about. So, admin talked about the structure that they use to grow their their teachers, to, to grow their leadership. And it was really cool to hear the teachers talk about going through that and coming up through that, um, which shows a lot of follow-up from the admins. Um, to say in like, we're going to do this thing. And then they did it. Yeah. And then it's so ingrained in that, that structure is so ingrained in the, the organization that the teachers talked about it. And it was exactly the same thing. It yeah. Was, it was really cool to see that. And I happen to know that it's just that. Cause you would think that if you're, right. if you're being interviewed about your boss and you know, your boss may be <laughs> listening to that interview, right. it's like, Hey, let's go ahead and say some really nice things, you yeah. know, go ahead and schmooze a little bit. But Uh, If you didn't catch this in the interview, one of the teachers being interviewed was my sister. And I don't just interview people and organizations because they're connected to people in my family. I've been incredibly (laughs) impressed by everything I've heard about the leadership and the mission of the Paramount Schools Network. And I was really excited. I mean, before I started this podcast, I was already talking to my sister about what to focus on if I were to interview the leaders at Mm -hmm. the Paramount Schools. And for a variety of reasons, I had not yet gotten around to it until now, about six or seven months into the podcast. But the truth is, it's legit. I mean, this school is doing some amazing things. I had the opportunity to be up there a few weeks ago just for a brief visit. And I'm walking through there going, wow, this is amazing. It's not just like they're saying the same things that the leadership team said because they know the leadership team's listening. They're saying these things because... That's actually what's happening at the school. That's awesome. Which is really that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. So Molly, yeah, what were your see, thoughts? that's that's what struck me the most about this interview was that it was so encouraging to hear 
a group of people speak so highly of the organization that they work for, not even necessarily knowing that the admin might be listening, but just like they're sharing this this beautiful image of working for an organization that does a good job yep. and that does it really well and that they are happy to be a part of. And when we see these people doing things well, which hopefully every single week we're doing that, we're listening right. to impressive leaders who are doing really cool things in their world and making a difference. When we are hearing about those things, we should be trying to implement the best of those things into our lives. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to talk a little bit about what leadership looks like from a follower's perspective and to kind of think about how we can be modifying our own leadership approaches and practices so that we can be more influential for our followers as well. So have you ever thought about what you would want your followers to brag on you about in your leadership? Because that's one of those things that we really got a chance to hear on Monday. So what would you like your followers to say about you if they were bragging on you in your leadership? Molly, you're nodding your head over here. Yes. so <laughs> I'm excited. Well, I actually do think about that pretty regularly. What do I want people to think about when they think of me? And I would like my, my teams to think she is organized, she is passionate, and she is encouraging. Those are the three characteristics that I want to be known for in any leadership role that I have. Yeah, I, to be totally honest, have never in my life thought about that ever. Not a single time. Wow. Yeah. Um, Shining the magnifying glass on you today, Cody. Yeah, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a tough one for me um, because I don't I don't often think about uh, leadership from the follower's standpoint. Um, yeah, it's not it's not necessarily a natural thing to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I guess you know. And I, I, you know, to be honest, I would have to think about it for a while because that's, that's kind of a big question. Um, but my first my first thought is I think I'd rather be known uh, for being consistent. Somebody that shows up every day and says, all right, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to be here for the team. Yeah. I'm going to be passionate about this. But I think consistency is the biggest thing for me. Yeah. So thinking back to your answers, would you tend to first think about competence that your followers would admire in you? or character that your followers would admire in you? And do you think that it's important for your followers to admire both your character and your competence? Or is character the main thing? Because last week in the interview we listened to, the leadership team at Paramount talked about the importance first of character and then yeah. building competence into that for their followers. But yeah. as leaders, when you have your followers talking about you, would you rather them focus on the character or the competence? that you bring to your leadership? I would rather they they remember the character over competence because I am obviously in this role for a reason, so I had to have at least be competent some way, somehow. I would rather them remember my character because they can um, mirror those characteristics, not to say I'm so great and awesome, but if I am organized, if I'm passionate, if I'm encouraging, and if I am capable of doing my job at the same time, they can do the same thing. Yeah, I think character is probably more important for followers to be talking about. Everywhere that I've led, I've been competent in. And that's, that's why I'm leading in that place. Sure. Because I'm competent in that job or role. But the character aspect of that, even if you lack competence in areas, if you if you have great character and your people know that, they're still willing to follow you because they know he's going to figure it out eventually or she's going to figure it out eventually. Yep. And as I think back to things that I would like my followers to say about me, a couple of things that, that kind of 
float to the top. And like you, Cody, were saying, that's really something you you want to reflect on before you come up with this exhaustive list yeah. and say like, this is kind of really what I'm trying to work toward. Because yeah. I, think, I think if you do develop a list like that, purposefully leading and purposefully working with your followers mm-hmm. so that they actually do think those things about you would be really cool. But but consistency is super important and commitment to doing the job well. Those those two things are are really important to make sure that when your followers look back they're saying, "Hey, these are two things that I would like to have in my own life because I saw them modeled before me." Now, it's interesting because with with both of you, you work primarily with volunteers in your leadership roles. And so you're not necessarily working with people who really desire to build in these competencies, these skills into their lives. Sometimes they're filling that role just because they they want to help out mm-hmm. the organization. And so it's really interesting to think that the, the skills you may be teaching these individuals could help them down the road, but they're not things that they're necessarily wanting to incorporate into their lives. Right. They're mainly just trying to help out the organization. So at the end of the day, right. character is really important, especially if you're working with volunteers. Absolutely. So speaking of volunteers, what are some standards that either you have been reticent to enforce or that you currently are reticent to enforce because you don't know how your followers will respond? Because one of the things that we talked about in Monday's interview is the high standards that the Paramount Schools Network has. And that's great, especially if you hire someone to work full-time. But if you have people who are volunteering, you can kind of feel like it's hard to have high standards because there's not really anything, quote unquote, holding them there. They're there on their own accord. So have you ever been reticent to incorporate high standards into what you're doing because you don't know how your followers are going to respond? I have always struggled to enforce uh, consistency. I know that Cody, Cody wants to be known for consistency. And I like, I am a very consistent person myself, but I've always been really reticent to enforce that and to my detriment, honestly, and to the organization's de- detriment that I don't enforce that because having the high expectations of you need to show up on time or early yeah. and be ready to go. I've always really failed to do that because I just know life gets busy. I'm busy, but I show up on time and I can have the same expectation of others. I just never enforce it. That is one thing that I'm really aware of in my own life. I'm very reticent to have expectations that I'm not living out myself. Absolutely. You got to be really careful with that. And sometimes that means if our lives are busy, we can not have those timely expectations of our followers like we maybe should have. But then that's when we need to look into our own lives and say, well, where can I be shaping up so that I can be a better influence or I can be a better example to the people that are volunteering or the people that are working for me? Yeah. This question for me is kind of interesting because in on my teams, you know, I lead, I lead worship and I lead life groups. And in both of those, we have high standards. And it's not something I necessarily have to enforce um, especially on, on the worship team, because that team is, it's a great team and everybody there wants to own it as much as I do. Um, and there's not a lot that I have to enforce because we all practice really hard, uh, throughout the week on our own time. But coming into that, that was kind of a tough thing to build into our, our kind of culture there, Yeah, um, was we all need to own this because at the beginning it was just a couple of us, you know, me and a couple other people on the on the team 
really wanted to make this 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 whole group something better um and we we wanted to kind of ingrain that into our culture uh, and so it was it was kind of tough to to sit, to take these volunteers the ones that we didn't know if they would stick around at all but we we cast our vision to them we said here's where we want to go with this uh we would love for you to be there with us and we're going to get strict with uh, this, 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 and this, and, you know, practicing every day, you know, finding a relationship with God. And, it, you know, of course, you know, at a church, that's super important for us. And, and like being consistent and on time for practice every week yeah, uh, and stuff like that. So there, there were a few things where we really wanted to, to drill down to make us better. And I was reticent to do that because I knew that we would probably lose a few people. Hmm. But we decided before that we were willing to lose people that weren't willing to put in the work to be better overall. And did you end up losing people? Um, actually, we did not. That's awesome. Um, that was really cool to see everybody step up and say, you know what? We all want to be better. We all want to you know, move to the next level, which was really exciting. Um, but I was reticent to do that. In my other role, I just have high standards yep. for, for everybody. And like coming into it like as a leader of a small group, they know at the beginning you have high expectations. And that's 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 one of those situations where you're probably not going to volunteer for that unless you really want to because that's right. a good bit of responsibility. Right. Absolutely. So you, you naturally have a group of people who are volunteering right. who probably already have that proclivity and that interest right. in leading a group like that right. and taking on that higher responsibility. Absolutely. I really like what you just said, though, is that sometimes when you raise the standards, you expect people to kind of drift away and to not really want to be involved anymore. Yeah. But I think sometimes we find that the people that we're working with want high standards because when there's clear expectations, when there are high standards and everyone's falling in line, honestly, the whole experience can be a whole lot more enjoyable. And I think we see that from the teachers. They're talking about how they can enjoy their jobs and really focus on certain things because they know what the expectations are. They know what the values are. They have those values. And because of that, they're all on the same page. Yep. They're able to operate a whole lot more effectively. Uh, kind of along those lines of uh, raising expectations and and enforcing things, um, are we approachable leaders ourselves? These these teachers, they talked about how the administration really kind of creates this atmosphere where they can ask questions at any given time. There's an I talked about last week having that they seemed like a group of people that had an open door policy, but yeah. these teachers actually say. There, there is this environment where you can ask questions at any time. They're very approachable people. But are we approachable leaders ourselves? When we raise expectations, do we give room for questions? Do we give room for, um, hey, can I get clarity on this? Can you help me through this? Are we approachable ourselves? That's a really interesting question because for all of us, a lot of our leadership is not um, necessarily something where day to day we're all in the same place. Right. Right. And so it's a lot easier to have an open door policy when you have a door. Right. Right. But how do, how do you, first of all, make sure that you're approachable, but then also open those, those modes of communication so that your followers feel comfortable actually reaching out to you? Yeah. So typically I actually just contact my followers. Um, and I, I do kind of a crappy job at it or I have in the past. I'm, I'm, I'm looking into how to do that better now. Um, but that that's the best way that I've found to contact my people because they don't really call me often. And it may be because they don't think I'm approachable, which is something that I need to fix. And I've, I've learned recently that 
that is that is a thing that apparently I'm not super approachable. I don't know why, but I'm I'm learning that one. Personally, um, I disagree with that. Oh, thanks. I think you're very approachable. I appreciate it, Josh. But I'm not calling you up for <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um so and I, and I find that pretty often is is the case, especially, you know, as you know, so I taught for a long time, you know, and in in the classroom, you know, it was very much I had high expectations for all of my kids. Yeah. And that's something that I could talk about for an hour, just that having high expectations and setting the bar high and then leaving it there. But with these high expectations, it's very almost enforced a lot of the time. And I found that my kids, my kids didn't really want to approach me about much. Okay. They didn't want to walk up to my desk and ask questions. I I think they were kind of scared of me uh, because I just had this like, I'm going to have high expectations for you. And I'm going to enforce those. Uh, it's because I love you. And that's, and they, they understood that they knew I cared about them and that I was going to push them, but they were scared to ask questions. And I think even as leaders outside of a context like that, if we are enforcing high expectations, often uh, a lot of times our followers are, are kind of timid and afraid to walk up to us and say, Hey, I don't get this, you know, because they think we're going to be not very graceful in yep. that. And that's something that I think Hannah said in the interview toward the end, you know, when she was in the classroom teaching and it wasn't going so great, but her principal started the conversation with just, Hey, let's talk about that. You know, yep. it was a very graceful discussion. And I think that's super important as a leader to be able to do is talk to your followers in a graceful way, no matter what. And one of the things as I'm thinking about, high standards and and reaching out to people and making sure that you're in contact with the people that you're responsible for or leading. One of the things, and I think this is something that Andy Stanley said, Andy Stanley has a leadership podcast. He's a pastor in Atlanta, and I believe he's the one that I first heard this from. He, He talks about inspecting what you expect, because as leaders, Oftentimes, whatever we're leading is one of our main things. It's something that we're passionate about, that we care about, that we want to see success in. If for no other reason, then sometimes our reputation rides on that, right? So for our followers, that's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. That could be a very small part of their lives, (laughs) especially as volunteers. And so if we want something to happen, if 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 we want everyone to be on the same page and we have these standards then we need to make sure that we're actually inspecting that. That we shouldn't expect our followers necessarily to reach out to us or to automatically follow through. But if we have expectations to make sure that we're inspecting so that we can ensure that those things are actually happening. And I really like that insight. Inspect what you expect. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good idea. Um, I, do, I do wonder then, what does that inspection look like? Is it informal? Is it something you just have a conversation about, you know, call them over the phone, grab a coffee or something together and just talk about it? Or is it you show up to what they're doing and you watch them? I inspect a lot more um, than I expect. (laughs) I find that if I make time to watch what my volunteers are doing, watch what my teams are doing well and what they're doing poorly, the administration kind of talked about that positivity sandwich kind of concept of, okay, start with something good, do something constructive, and then end on something good. I kind of do that a lot with my volunteers. I, 
I want them to grow as people yeah. and not only as people, but as leaders themselves, even if they're only with me for like a month or two, maybe a couple of weeks if I'm lucky, but I want them to walk away feeling stronger as an individual. And so I inspect a lot. I make time for that. I genuinely want them to grow as people and I want to be known as a leader who develops them as leaders. So when it comes to inspecting, I think that a lot of it can feel informal but I think it needs to be purposeful. Yeah. Informal can sometimes feel not purposeful enough for your followers, for your volunteers, yep. for your employees. So if it's important, you need to make sure that they know it's important. But as you follow right. up to make sure that whatever standards you have are being met, it doesn't have to feel like a sit down discussion. It doesn't have to feel like anything that's that major. You just need to be checking up to ensure that those things that you want to happen are actually happening. And I really liked in this interview with the teachers at the Paramount schools that they talked about how they're constantly receiving feedback that people are constantly in their classrooms mm -hmm. and they realize it's to help make them better and to grow and to develop as teachers. Mm -hmm. That's really important because if you wait until something's gone really wrong, then it can feel like a very uncomfortable thing. Yeah. Absolutely. So so make sure that you're inspecting constantly. Make sure that you are following up with people, but it doesn't always have to feel really formal. However, they do need to know that it's an important thing to mm -hmm. be a part of the team. Absolutely. And that, that idea of taking preventative measures is, is a really big deal. And something that that will also do, I think, is help um, with positivity, which is a, a really interesting, it's actually a really, really big deal in the education world. I think personally. Um, and it was really, really cool to hear. Um, I can't remember who said it at uh, one of the teachers at Paramount talked about how it was such a positive environment. Um, and that's, that's just, that's super exciting to hear. Um, and to build that into a culture where you can, you can show up to work and it's just a positive place to be. That's, that's super important, especially working with volunteers. Yeah. Um, because if it's a super negative place, if it feels like work, then people don't really want to show up and do it. So keeping that positive culture um, kind of ingrained in your organization is a big deal. Yeah. And I think one of the best ways to do that is talking about kind of what Molly said, having that positivity sandwich, Yeah. you know, to, to coach people into doing stuff. But also, uh, and this is something I heard, I think Craig Rochelle talk about. And instead of trying to give somebody a compliment and then coach them in something, just let it be a clean compliment. And, and just break it off right there. Say, you're doing this great thing. And then maybe later come in and say, uh, maybe we can work on this. But like, let them have that moment of, I've given you a compliment. I've given you, you're, you're doing great job. Yeah. And I love what you're doing here. Please keep doing that. You're awesome. It's more like an extended positivity sandwich. Right. You yeah. give something positive, wait a couple of days. and <laughs> Yeah. And say, hey, you know what? You're doing great. And then you know, we talked about it the other day, you're doing this and then, okay, so we can, we can construct here, but leaving people with that positive mindset, uh, without, without necessarily feeling that they need coaching at that moment, um, I think goes a long way with, with a lot of people. So we've talked a little bit about having a high bar for your followers, having some high expectations and really how oftentimes volunteers, followers, employees like that. They appreciate that. Yeah. Another thing that was talked about in this interview is tiered growth, helping people to grow over time and purposefully taking them to next levels. What does that look like for the people that you are leading? 
recently I took a two month break from leadership just to, um, rejuvenate, to relax, to refocus, um, why I was doing what I was doing and how to do it better. And before I went on this two month break, um, I had a group of volunteers, a pretty large group of volunteers, but there were like eight people that I saw potential leadership in. And so I really started investing in those people. I would say, Hey, can you do this extra thing for me? Or, Hey, why don't you go talk to that group? I know you're going to be great at this. And so kind of that idea of the extended compliment, maybe of saying, Hey, you're really awesome at this. Go, go run with it. And then a couple of days later, Hey, you were really awesome at this. And it's less constructive, but more of like, how do you feel about doing that all the time? <laughs> yeah. And so tiered growth looked a lot like, okay, you're a volunteer. Okay, you're still a volunteer, but you have like two added responsibilities. Okay, now you have a role. And then I left. <laughs> and in, the, in my absence, they all thrived. I had nothing to do with it other than having them as a volunteer in the first place and then choosing them to continue. I had nothing to do with what came after that, but they all are fantastic because of that gradual process of, Hey, you have very little responsibility. Here's a couple of added responsibilities. Now you have a role. Although I think you may be underselling yourself a little bit because the fact that they thrived in your absence is a testament to the fact that you set them up for success. And two weeks ago, we had Larry Brown on the podcast talking about legacy. And he was talking about the importance of making sure that you set people up so that when you're gone, the organization or whatever leadership responsibility you have, that that continues mm -hmm. even when you're gone. So that's that's something to keep in mind. Just because you were gone doesn't mean, oh, they, they did well anyway. It's very likely because you set them up for success and made sure that they were well-trained to work even in your absence. Yeah. I was just going to follow up with that is what kind of characteristics of each of those people did you see to make to make you see that, oh, they would do really great in a leading position? Um, I saw a level of humility in each person and I saw a passion to not just do something, but to do something impactful. And all of these individuals were people who had stuck with me for at least a couple of months and they were very consistent. They were really strong people. They really cared about what they were doing and they wanted to do a good job. And every time they had a question, they came to me and asked. And it really, it struck me that they asked a question regarding their role, even if it was really small of like, okay, I'm standing at a door saying good morning to people. How can I do this better? Oh, you actually care. Awesome. This is wonderful. And so I saw a, a, like a, that kind of concept you, you talked about last week of being bought in yeah. and I saw them buying into what they were doing. And I was like, wow, this is cool. You want to make a bigger purchase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The upsell. It's really cool. So we don't have time to go into this question. We need to go ahead and go into our key takeaways, but I want to leave this as a question to think about for everyone who's listening right now. There was this idea of, of knowing your followers' personal goals and professional goals and helping them to work toward that. And so the question that I think is worth thinking about in your leadership role is, do you pay attention to the personal goals of your followers as well as to the professional or job-specific goals? Do you know your followers well enough to know what they're wanting to do in their personal lives long-term and what they want to do in their professional lives long-term? 
Because if you know that and can help them to work toward those goals, you are going to be able to have a much greater influence in their lives. So if you want to get the most out of your followers, make sure you know what they want to do and help them to accomplish those goals. But let's go ahead and go to our key takeaways for the day. What are a few things that you would love for the listeners to take away from this episode? Two things that I walk away from this interview with are um, be the leader that people walk away feeling valued by and who feel stronger as leaders themselves. Okay. And then um, kind of we talk a very little about the positivity thing, but it really does make a difference in any organization. But I want to be the person that is positive, that is always joyful. And I don't want to be the person that encourages um, discussing other coworkers or other leaders. That goes to that concept of everybody loves everybody, which sounds a little like, oh, that's so nice. But if it actually results in a healthy workplace where people Absolutely. feel uncomfortable when mm-hmm. gossip comes up, that means that that's an effective principle. Yes. That's not one of my key takeaways, but that's a little bonus right there. Cody, yeah. how about you? Um, I think definitely the, the, this positivity idea is a really big deal, especially if you're working with volunteers. But uh, doing that and also keeping standards high and keeping a high level of work going into your organization. Yeah. Um, something I've learned is that people are going to, meet the expectations that you have for them, whether those are high or low, uh, people are going to eventually get there if they're high. Um, So keep that bar high. And my three are, first of all, own your results. I really appreciated that, that the teachers were willing to own their own results. And because of that, they weren't nearly as focused on what other people were doing. They were more focused on accomplishing their own goals. Mm -hmm. The second is to have high expectations. High expectations in leadership start with you. So if you want your followers to be performing well and to be reaching those high expectations, that has to start with you. And the final one is to find out how to help your followers achieve their personal goals, not just those that are professional or job specific. Well, Molly, Cody, thank you so much for joining the podcast over these last two weeks. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been fun. Thanks for joining the show this week. I hope you learned something new and feel more prepared to take leadership in your own life to the next level. If you found this content valuable and would like to help out the podcast, here are three things you can do. One, subscribe to the podcast so you'll get new episodes each week as they come out. Two, share this episode with someone you think could benefit from it. And three, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. All three of these actions will help to make it easier for others to find us and join the community. You can never have too many good leaders, right? Until next time... Keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, 
to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.